in my 54 years, this is, in terms of the American democracy, this is the darkest day in my 54 years. Hi, everyone. It's Paul, host of the Nonpartisan Evangelical and Old Pastor Paul on TikTok. Glad you're with me on the podcast today. You know, we're all trying to process through what we're feeling about what we've seen in Washington, D.C. in recent days. I just happened to have been scheduled well ahead of time to be on a podcast and a live event with some folks from a church in Wichita, Kansas, some good friends of mine there called St. Mark's UMC. And little did we know that when we had scheduled that podcast, we would be processing through real time the horrifying pictures we had seen on TV earlier in the day. That's what this podcast is about today, and I'll tell you more about it in just a second. But first, let me invite you to be a part of the nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community and our private Facebook group. Many people, when they're processing things they see in politics, come into the private group of the nonpartisan evangelical because they know it's a safe place to process everything through. So how do you get to be a part of this group? Well, you go to my website, non, the nonpartisan evangelical website, npepodcast.com. Click on the Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner. There's a small fee to join, as little as $5.99 a month, or there's more that you can get as you go higher with your uh, rate that you're going to choose to be a part of it. But just $5.99 a month gives you access to our group, gives you access to my audiobook series and a whole lot more, and it lets you be part of helping support the message of the nonpartisan evangelical as we try to grow it and inspire people around us all the more. Would you be a part of it? Now, I need to tell you, there's no tax deduction for this because my ministry is for profit. I want to be able to say whatever I can say without violating American tax law. And also, I want to pay taxes to help support roads and schools in my neighborhood. So no tax break, but still a reward for blessing me and being a part of this all, however that feels great to you. So go to the website, npepodcast.com, in the upper right-hand corner, click the Join Us on Patreon button, and that'll get you into the Patreon community, and I'll invite you in to our NPE private group on Facebook, and you'll have access to all the other cool stuff on the Patreon community. npepodcast.com is the website, and uh, the Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner gets you into that community. Go check it out. Now, to our podcast here, I want you to notice something. Uh, All of my friends I'm talking to in this podcast are African-American people, and I don't think I realized. Now, I had seen how unusual I thought it was as my dog joins us on the podcast that this sort of riot of white people seem to be treated differently than we've seen riots that were supporting, uh, you know, justice efforts for people of color in our country. I noticed that difference last uh, Wednesday as I record this on Monday. But I didn't realize the pain that was felt by my friends in our communities of color until I talked to my friends from St. Mark's UMC in Wichita. I want you to hear the pain in their voices. And if you're a white evangelical listening to this, I want you to feel it deep in your heart. We have to confront racism in our midst in the evangelical church. We have to repudiate it completely. We have to own our complicity in it. And we have to call it out. And if those words make you hurt, I'm sorry, but that's just what has to happen. We need to hurt with those who hurt. The Bible says mourn with those who mourn and have humility so our land can be healed. So I pray that your heart can experience that today as you hear the pain in my brothers and sisters on this podcast. We talk about the riot in Washington, D.C. and how Christians should process this through. On this episode of the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush for brains, evangelical leaders are trying to, uh, to overthrow Trump? It's a special kind of dumb. 
and calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. Our guests tonight, our panelists tonight, Kyron Green and Pastor Paul Swearingen, and uh, so glad that they've come on. And uh, there's Pastor Yolanda. I didn't know if she was going to make it on. Hello, Pastor Yolanda. She's on with us as well. So glad to have you all on. Michelle will be in attendance. Okay. So to all of our, our those of you that are watching, reach out and, and tag some folks. Start a watch party. I, we were going to. We were originally going to talk from the topic "Fresh Jesus," and I was. I just wanted to plug Kyron and Paul's hearts and minds about new, fresh interpretations of Jesus for our times. And we may do a little of that, but what we really want to do tonight is talk about. I want to hear from them. I would just want them to share their hearts and minds about what's going on in our country right now. I am 54 years of age. I was born in 1966, which was a year after African-Americans received full citizenship in the name of the right to full right to vote. And in my 54 years, this is in terms of the American democracy. This is the darkest day in my 54 years. But I can't say that I have I didn't see this day coming. I've seen it coming. I've tried to be a prophetic voice to warn us to steer course, to change course and to do something different. But here we are. So I'm not surprised, but I am heartbroken. And I know you all are, too. Those of you that are on, you, you probably are, too. But so we want to do tonight. What we want to do tonight is just I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you're feeling. And we want to speak into that. And then I want to these two persons three persons, including Pastor Yolanda is going to work the background and make sure people, things are happening right for us. Thank you, Pastor, for doing that. But I just want you all to be blessed by the wisdom and guidance from Paul, Pastor Paul and Minister Kyron Green. I respect them so much. I want to hear what they have to say because uh, they are two people that speak into my life and give me encouragement and hope. In these very dark times, what I've watched what's happened on the political and justice and regarding issues of politics and justice. These are two people that have blessed me and have been encouraging for me and have given me words of hope and guidance. So I appreciate them coming on tonight. Kyron, how are you, sir? Yeah, man, I think overall I'm doing, let me see, I'm doing well. And I like to say I'm doing well in spite of, right? Not that pie-eyed look, oh God, everything's under control and God's got it. Like, that is anchored in me, but yet still we have to navigate through this experience here and, and what we're seeing. I'm, I'm not fearful. I think the word I can best use to describe how I feel is disappointing. And yet there's a part of me that is hopeful and hoping that by this unmasking that we're seeing, that maybe this is the jolt that some people needed to come join the coalition of reason and, and come help push for a better place. So I, I hate that it had to come to this, but I, I am hoping that through this shaking that the good fruit will fall to the ground or the right fruit rather. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Kyron. And we're going to hear more from Kyron. I want, I'm going to have some questions. I just want to exp explore their hearts and minds. Pastor Paul, how are you today? So good to see you. Yeah, good to see you guys. Glad to be back with you again. And you asked me how I was doing when we first came up before the show. And I honestly don't know how to answer that question other than emotions are really raw. And today was one of those moments where I was kind of like, I never thought I would ever see this happen in America, but I still knew it was coming. And I think Kyron said it exactly right. I keep saying I'm pessimistically hopeful for the American church and for America itself, because I believe a whole lot of crud has got to come to the surface before we can repent uh, and, and recognize where we are. So I, I am hopeful that today will be a day where some people will have scales fall from their eyes and say, wow, did I buy into this? Mm -hmm. And I can talk more later, but I, I always see Peter and Judas. I think those are two guys that had chances to make the same decisions and one went one way and one went another. And I think we're at that place today where, where we get to decide as Christians, 
choose this day whom you will serve. And so hopefully this is a dividing line day where, where some will make the right choice. Amen. I want to uh, recognize our dear brother, Curtis, John Pastor Curtis Johnson out of Texas, who's on with us every Wednesday. Hello, brother. We've got to bring Curtis on with us one Wednesday. Yeah. Let him join the conversation and be a part of the conversation. As a matter of fact, I don't know, Yolanda, if there's a way that maybe Curtis can send you his email address and we can bring him into the room. And if you get the email address to me, I can get and bring him into the room. Curtis, we'd love for you to come in the room. And then this may be a good place to start right there, Paul and Kyron. There's one person says that they right now they don't feel even feel like praying. Yeah. Y'all want to speak to that? I, I guess I could jump in and just say again that pessimistically hopeful thing. I, I Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of the most popular verses in the Bible. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, or a future and a hope, depending on which translation you use. And, and so I totally understand where Paul is coming from. And that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, was written in the middle of one of the most horrible times in the culture of Israel and Jerusalem. And so even in the midst of the worst moments when they were being taken into captivity for 70 years, God told the people, I promise you, my goal is not to harm you. It's to prosper you. It's to give you a future and a hope. And sometimes it takes really nasty stuff to get our attention by God's mercy to turn our face back to him. And, and so that's my hopeful message in the midst of all this. Amen. Amen. I, yeah, I, I, I absolutely love that, that thought pastor paul and don't feel like praying right now i think that i think that's an honest statement i think that's a raw statement and, and i think one thing that i do want to point out here is that to encourage people to give yourself a little space to have the feelings that you have exactly. give yourself the space to to feel that way sometimes there's so much pressure as a believer to think okay i got the full armor of god on it i don't have time to be human but that's the beauty about our Savior, Jesus Christ. He was fully God, but fully human. And he knows how you're feeling. In fact, I like to think about when he was getting ready to go upon the cross and he needed to separate and pray. And he began to talk to the father. He stepped away and just said, if you want me to drink from this cup, dad, I'll drink from it. But I really don't want to. Like if there's another way, that's cool too. And I can only imagine that in that moment that he's feeling a lot like we are, right? This great weight feels like it's upon you. You've probably even cried out to God before. You know him to be great, him to be faithful. But in all the depth of your humanity, in this moment, you just feel like, I don't want to pray. But I want to encourage you, please pray. And the reason I encourage you is because you were made for a moment such as this. The fact that you've known Christ and you have this relationship, you have that habit, you have that, that experience in you to pray to him, then you are one of God's children and you're Prayers availeth much. And so people like myself, people like Pastor Paul, Pastor Robert, Pastor Yolanda, we're counting on your prayers. So understand that even though you might be tired, that your prayers are effective. They are holding us up and they're holding up our world. Amen. Amen. I, I just want to say that's really brilliant, Kai. And I think it is important to say to Christian people, you get to be pissed off. That You, you can be angry. It's okay. I, I think when Jesus was turning over tables and hitting people with whips, he was pretty pissed off. If I, I Sorry to use that language, but it's the right word. Sometimes it just, it, you have to get angry. And yeah, I think it's okay. And, and the Psalms are, the psalmist was always like, man, how can this be happening, God? Have you forgotten us? You failed in your job. But, but those Psalms always end with, but where else am I going to go? You are my hope. I'm going to turn to you. So... Yeah. I think Kai said it really well. So get angry and then say, but where else am I going to go? But you got, I, I'm going to come back to my hope. Yeah. And then That's I can, jump in, I can yeah. jump in one more time too. Yeah. I think the other thing to keep in mind too is I know I, at least for myself, I used to do this. When I would hear people say, oh, we need to pray. And I thought that meant I need to fall on my knees and I needed to cry and I needed to get to this place of such great vulnerability. But can I tell you, I believe the most effective prayers really are just honest conversations with God. Totally agree. You telling God, 
I'm tired and I don't feel like praying. There's something that happens in the spirit. I believe that when you say that, God hears, wow, this person needs my strength. Wow, this person needs my wisdom. Wow, this person's calling on me for my grace. In the depth of the end of your humanity, you're calling on God. And I always encourage people that if you really wanna see God at his best, like God's ultimate possibility lies at the very beginning of your impossibility. So when you give that weakness to God, that's the time to do it. In a simple statement, even as easy as, I don't feel like praying, tell it to God and watch him work on you. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. It's a pretty solemn occasion, and I hope you'll listen to that all the way to the end. I think our message here is really important. I always stop in the middle to make an offer to you. I would like to offer you my book. It's been mentioned in this podcast. It's called Joseph Comes to Town When the Religious Right Goes Religiously Wrong. I think this book is a message for this season. It's a message of what Jesus would say if he were on earth today to the right-wing evangelical church. I don't think he would be kind to it. And the subtitle to the book is When the Religious Right Goes Religiously Wrong. I want you to have this book because I think it'll bless and challenge your life. And I think you're going to want to give it to somebody around you to have it bless and challenge theirs. So go to my website, npepodcast.com. There's a tab button at the top called Joseph the Novel. Click on that and it'll tell you how you can buy it on Amazon, through my Patreon community, or buy it right there through the site. npepodcast.com is the website. The book is called Joseph Comes to Town When the Religious Right Goes Religiously Wrong. I think you'll really enjoy the book. I'm very proud of it, but it will challenge you, and I think it'll challenge you to want to give it to somebody else. npepodcast.com, Joseph Comes to Town. Now back to my conversation with Pastor Robert Johnson and my friends from Wichita and St. Mark's UMC. I hope you're enjoying this. I hope you're being challenged by it. And I hope maybe it's helping you process some things through as well. Be blessed. I heard a story years ago about a young lady grew up. She was a daughter of a preacher, ended up getting into a, a little bit of a, a lascivious life for a lot of reasons, got got pregnant, had a child. Years later, her that baby you know, grew into it, her daughter, and her daughter was in an auto accident. And the, the people at the hospital told her, your daughter's not going to survive the night. And so this woman went down into her car, and, and she just started cussing God out. She just said that, and she just laid into God like a sailor, yelling everything she could imagine, and, and just poured it all out until she had no strength left whatsoever and and finally just put her head against the steering wheel and had nothing left and she then heard the audible voice of god in her car say i'm so happy we're talking again <laughs> and that turned out to be her best prayer now, i i don't know the outcome of her daughter if her daughter survived or not but i know that the strength of the story was god's okay he was okay with getting cussed out he was like great now we're getting real together and so I think Kai's right on with what he said. Yes, great stuff, guys. Man, what great stuff, great stuff. So, and by the way, Robert, yes, in the, I, I'm watching all of this today, and I'm angry. And and try, I'm not, a, I'm not tying myself to any party, but I thought it was really fascinating that I'm watching all of this stuff happen in Washington today. Yeah, and I'm angry at conservatives. I'm angry at Republicans. I'm angry at the president. And in the middle of it, they go. And we have an announcement to make. John Ossoff has won the <laughs> Senate race in Georgia and the Democrats have taken over the Senate. And I thought, wow, you know, what a time in history yes. that, that we're seeing the Capitol taken over and the Senate's over. To, and so it's just a crazy time. God's got to be in this because everything is just up in the air and being turned over right exactly. now. Yes. Yes. I truly believe that that God's hand is in this. I think that what happened today need in some sense we this need we needed to come to this place for certain awakenings to happen. I'm praying that those are ha those awakenings will happen. And then regarding piece of of I think e emotional honesty with God relate being honest with God about where we are and trusting God with that. God can handle me when I pray my what I think is my greatest prayer 
and God loves me when I don't want to talk to God at all. I'm mad at God because I, I'm blaming God for what's going on in, in the world or in my life. God can handle all of that. He loves us unconditionally and we can trust that. And then because of that, no matter what I'm feeling, I choose to be a prisoner of hope. That's biblical language. I believe that's in Jeremiah somewhere as well. And uh, there's a translation book in the book of Acts. Peter does his long sermon. And somewhere in there, he said he talks about pitching your tent in the land of hope. I'm just I'm going to be a prisoner of hope. I'm going to be a prisoner of hope and I'm going to try to speak from that place. But at the same time, be honest about where I am, what I'm feeling emotionally, especially with God, especially with God. So we Paul, you mentioned Jeremiah 29, 11. As you were, as you guys were, Yolanda, if you all were experiencing this day, was there another scripture, uh, 20, Jeremiah 29, 11? I mean, we start grasping those scriptures that can help give us meaning and grounding. And Jeremiah 29, 11 definitely is one of those. We put that up for those, for you all a few minutes ago. Are there other scriptures that came to mind for you? Yeah. So I was really reading Philippians 2 and 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let nothing be done through strife or, or let nothing be done through strife. But in, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And I think, again, if, if you've been around on these channels, you've heard me push that idea of this more collective mindset and thinking about others. And I had to come back to the scripture today because as much as I love the Lord, and I'm a nice person. I was really angered. And I was really frustrated because it was hard to watch nothing. I can only describe it as rampant whiteness, not white people, but rampant whiteness and privilege on parade. And it was so disheartening when I thought about all the images of people that look like me that were getting sprayed with water hoses, being attacked by dogs, um, being hauled off in paddy wagons, met with billy clubs, met with bullets. So watching that today, I had to come back to this scripture to pull me back into a frame where I can articulate my emotions, but also find the courage to hold those accountable who need to be held accountable. That's great stuff, Kai. That's Linda. That's my wife. First John 4 and 4 kept coming to me. Someone pulled it. I should know what First John 4 and 4 says. I'm working on it. <laughs> You don't have the whole Bible memorized. I don't have the whole Bible memorized. I know two scriptures. Okay. Everybody, everybody, we're, we're going to shame Pastor Johnson. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there, hey, there's no shame in my game. I know two scriptures and I'm proud of First John 4 and 4, this is the NIV version. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. 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 And then there's another one. Bernice Garcia says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Yolanda, this is right. Miss Bernice is the wonderful member. She and her husband has Parkinson's and she would sit right there on the pew bus behind Linda and me. But as his Parkinson has worsened, they had to move, they moved back. That's Miss Bernice. Yes, Ms. Bernie, so I had a couple of conversations. Yes. So good to have you on. Go on, go on. I'm sorry, Yolanda, go on. I was just saying Ms. Bernice and I have had the opportunity to have a few conversations here recently, so I'm so glad to have her on. Yes, amen. Amen. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing can keep me from having a little talk with God. God has given me peace in the midst of life's storms. Amen, amen. May I just speak to people that haven't had the opportunity to process? I know that you've mentioned that, but some of us have been at work all day and you've been in uncomfortable environments and you've gotten blips and blurbs of what's been occurring in the news. I've had to just center myself and say, be still and know. Yeah. Be still. At this point, I can't really say what I want to say. I can't even express on my face. I was, I'm not shocked. We've been heading this way for a while, hearing different interpretations from people from both sides of, of the perspective. But what's been calling me is be still and know that I'm God. 
And then for the last few weeks, I've been relentlessly praying the serenity prayer. Yeah. Because I'm one, I'm not a window shopper. Yeah. I'm one of those people that feel like I've got to get my hand in the mix of every single thing and feeling like, okay, what is it that I need to do? How can I get it? But I have to be to know the difference in between what I can change in this moment. So just wanting to ensure that people know that we're here to encourage you and not just on the screen. You can reach out to St. Mark via our social media page, via Messenger. We'll put up our phone number here before the end of the night is over. And if you just need to have some people to run this back and forth, maybe you don't wanna post a comment in the comment section or this platform isn't what works best for you, that we're here for you in t tonight and in the days to come because we don't know what's going to happen. I said to you earlier, Pastor Johnson, oh, he'll be out of office and this will go fall to the wayside. But just hearing the tension in your voice, that may not happen. Yeah, we really don't know what, where this is all going. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how people are going to behave. You would think I, I haven't I've, I haven't been watching news. I've been in meetings. I haven't had a chance to sit and watch the news. But so when we came on, I know Pastor Paul was sharing that he had watched a little Fox and just one particular comment that was made on that that's just mind boggling. And but what it shows me is that this isn't people are we are going to have this quick national awakening. And tomorrow we will all be repenting in our churches and in our streets and on jobs repenting. That's yeah, this is this stronghold that has been set up in our country uh, that I don't know that is part of a stronghold that's been there from the very beginning, but it is not going away. It found it's always been there and it, it found a voice and it found a platform and it found a pathway to power. Yeah. And this is not going to go away easily. Pastor Paul, you were about to say something. Just on what you said there, the stronghold is not Donald Trump. He's a manifestation of the stronghold. Not He's not the stronghold. And him, if we do, are able to extract him from the White House at some point here in the next few days, that doesn't fix the problem. And I, I, I think I was thinking today about Peter and Judas. And so in Matthew 16, we see Peter declared Jesus the Christ, and Jesus says, Peter, you're amazing. You heard that from heaven. You're awesome. And then it's not three verses later that Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. And then in, I think it's, I think it's Luke 22, we hear Satan entered Judas, yeah. and Judas went and, and sold out Jesus for, for 30 pieces of silver and, and extra biblical texts tell us that Judas was a zealot, that he wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman government and make Israel great again. And he was so upset that Jesus wasn't doing that, he thought he would force Jesus' hand by selling him into the hands of the Romans. And so what I see in this juxtaposition, and, and we see it again when Jesus turned to James and John and said, you guys don't know the spirit you're of. We see these moments of decision where Jesus says to Peter, hey, just over there you were hearing from heaven and speaking from heaven, and now you're not. Now you're speaking from a different spirit, and you need to come out of partnership with that thing. And Peter made a decision to say, ouch, that hurts, but okay, I'll, I'll come out of this agreement with this mindset, this spirit, if you will. Judas, on the other hand, came into agreement with a spirit that was not from heaven, and he ultimately died. Peter ultimately was restored by Jesus and became the best preacher of his era along with Paul. And, and so I really believe Christians need to understand that we can be fully loved by God and a Christian and saved and going to heaven and still partner with things that are not from heaven. We can still partner with spirits or mindsets or whatever you want to call it. And there's been this overarching spirit mindset principality particularly in, maybe this is not fair to say, but I would say white evangelicalism, certainly right-wing evangelicalism, that has had a lot of power over people. And it ultimately has caused us to partner with this thing and Donald Trump being there. And I feel like God is saying to us, guys, at what point are you going to come out of the partnership with that thing? You don't know the spirit you're of right now. Yeah. Get behind me, Satan.
And he's not saying we're demon possessed. He's saying you're starting to speak from something that's not from heaven. Get back in alignment with heaven and speak from that. And I, I feel like that's a point of decision for God's people today. That's a great word. I, I, that message needs to go out to the entire church. And I love the way you bring that, Paul, because there's accountability and truth there, but it's not in a way that drives people away or condemns people or beats up on people. It's showing through the biblical text that we can hear from God, we can receive the revelation and, and guide us and be close to Jesus and then turn right around and, and create partnerships with things that are anti-Jesus. And it doesn't make us, as you say, horrible people. It doesn't mean that we're not, it just means that, that we create, we have, we have the capacity to do that. And, but when we realize it, that to hear Jesus' words, get behind me. And I love uh, Dr. Lynn Sweet preaches on that text. And he horrible people, it doesn't mean that we're not that get behind me, that he refers to both. Isn't it, it's shutting down that voice, but it's also saying, line up, get behind, line up with me yeah. and follow me and stop journey, getting off on your own journey and your own agenda. So Pastor Paul, I just, and I, I want to encourage you all, Pastor Paul is on TikTok. He's on, he's on YouTube. You can find his material. And I strongly encourage all of you. He's on Facebook, befriend him, find his stuff. And he's on a mission right now. He's speaking life and truth uh, to the body of Christ, as well as to people who are on the periphery of the body. And those are people that I, that I, when I say on the periphery, they are struggling with faith. They're inquiring about faith, but they're, they're, they've seen the hypocrisy. They've seen the hatred. They've seen the division. And so they, they're not sure they want to come in. He speaks to that demographic and it's just life-giving stuff. And so I want to encourage you all to, to please go just on. And I think he does stuff daily. So you are, it can become a part of your devotional piece. Kyron does well called Kyron Green Speaks. So you don't have to wait for Ky for me to bring Kyron back. Some of y'all's like, hey, why he hasn't brought Ky Kyron back? We want to hear Kyron. Pastor is old. We want to hear Kyron. <laughs> we want to hear Kyron. Pastor Johnson, you're old. Go sit down somewhere. <laughs> but if you want to hear Kyron on a regular basis, Kyron, you can go find him at Kyron Green Speaks. If you Google that and you'll find him, or you can con continue to connect with these. I want to welcome Pastor Kurt, Kurt Johnson on. Uh, Kurt uh, is a pastor in Texas, but he comes on and, and fellowships with us on Wednesdays and has been a part of some book discussions with us. And uh, I just wanted to bring you on for just for a moment, sir, and, and see, number one, how are you doing? But number two, in light of all this, what do you have you already started to work through how you're going to guide your congregation there in Texas through this? Yeah, as a matter of fact, thanks for allowing me to jump on. And it's a, a really an honor to be part of this group. I get inspiration from you guys every Wednesday. My Bible study with my church is from six to seven. And so <laughs> as soon as we're done with that, I'm jumping on to here. So we just finished Bible study and we had prayer meeting. We were singing hymns. I said, y'all, I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> I wanted to hear this conversation. And I brought one of my fa my new favorite books, of course, that we Wow, know that look at that. Yes. That I read in two days. Remember, I told Kurt, you. Hold it up one more time, please, because we want people to see the book and we want to encourage people to get it. So, so it's called Joseph Comes to Town by Pastor Paul Swearing. And uh, yes, keep going, Kurt. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I book two days. It's so engaging the way you. Uh, expressed that I was just looking forward to what parable you were going to use next and how you were going to make that relevant. And it was just so refreshing. So again, I thank you for that. And my wife had actually picked up some of your on TikTok. I wasn't on TikTok, but she had heard, see, I've been hearing uh, this guy by the same name. And so we matched up that way. So uh, again, thank you for that. And thank you, Robert, Pastor, for just you guys for doing this. I've listened to Kyron. I've gone and looked at some of his old sermons on YouTube. I went and found some of them. So I appreciate the work you guys are doing. Hey, look, we just got out of Bible study just now. We we shut, we adjusted it to make it a prayer meeting because I felt like there were people in my congregation that really needed to express themselves. And so I told them they could pray, they could sing a hymn, they can ask a question. They could read a verse and we just really gave them time 
to share what was on their heart. And it ended up being a very uplifting session. There were people who talked about, hey, I just don't, I don't feel it right now. I'm, I need some encouragement. And then as a pastor, you're always thinking that's got to be you, but there were other people on the phone to give that encouragement. And so uh, I think the fact of, of that we're in this together, yeah. and I've been challenging them that this year, we're going to have to do the hard work of service. We talked about service, and that's our focus for the year for my my group is how do we serve better in this? And I say one of the hardest things, I know we've been preaching about it. We've been talking about it. God says you're going to have to love your enemy. Yeah. How do you love your enemy, but you still hold them accountable? Sometimes when we get accountable, we want to get judgmental. And so we're going to be working on that this year. How do you show love? in this environment and stay encouraged. And I use uh, what I learned from this discussion every week. It's always a pleasure to just be part of it. So I thank you for letting me jump on and I I continue to be a a big fan. Pleasure to have you on, Kurt. And it's always good to fellowship with you. Your comments are always so great. So I appreciate you coming. I know you're, you're loving the people there in your congregation and caring for them. And so when I see people who are genuinely caring for people and connecting with people, and trying to pour God's love and life into people. I'll, I think those are good, great people to connect to. And so thank you for coming on. And God bless you and continue to keep and, and prosper. You can, you're welcome to stay on and be and participate in our conversation. I want to go back to Pastor Paul and Kyra. And uh, so I know both of you all are working with groups, their faith communities, whether you call them churches or not. What do you have you reached out to your folks yet? And if not, have you began to work through what you're going to say and how you're going to guide them through this? Go ahead, Kyron. Oh, well, first thing I, I want to tell Pastor Kurt Johnson, not Robert Johnson, hey, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for your comments. You said something when you were talking that, man, like my heart started turning flips. And I think it's so true. You said that as a pastor, but it's this feeling that people come to you for answers, right? Or that you're the source or, or for people. I think, I always say this, but I think as we move to 2021, as church is shifting what we're doing, I want to applaud you for giving your parishioners the opportunity to be a part of the service. I think that so many times we do feel that need that, oh, it's a new Sunday. I got to preach a fresh word. I got to, you know what I'm saying? Like I got to get in there. I got to have it. But there are songs and prayers and hymns, watch this, and art and dances that God has put into your people that if we we share that platform with them, just like what you said, give them the opportunity to express God's presence and fullness in their life. And that whole congregation will be blessed. That's that whole idea about us being a body. Sometimes with your body, if you're doing back workouts or is it leg day, is it arm day? You work a different muscle on a different day to let everything come full circle. So I wanna applaud you for doing that for your church. Thank you for being that type of leader that provides space for people like me to come and let God use us. That is so important to the body. I just really want to encourage you in your efforts in doing that because it's not an easy thing to do. So thank you for doing that, first of all. Thank you. Um, and then as far as well, Kyron, what are you saying to people? I am uh, what I've been doing here most recently is podcasts. That's been the interesting part. So I, I do two podcasts. Um, one is an open forum. I allow people to submit me questions via audio anonymously or via a forum. To ask me, I'm, I tell them I'm a, just a regular black male Christian believer. Believe, ask me any question, and I want to and I want to respond to you. So I think that's just kind of my platform. It's easy for people to interact with, but I think the thing that I'm going to have to do a lot of work on is I will say for the, my audience that's African American or my, my my audience that's from the minor, from a minority or underrepresented group. I think we're going to have to tackle exactly what Pastor Kurt is talking about, getting people to be open again. Yeah. Because people are shutting down. People are tired. I feel that tiredness. So I think one of the messages that I have to learn to craft and to share with people is talking about what Christian accountability looks like. And that's that love to tell somebody when they're wrong. We're going to check our tone, but also helping people understand that you cannot. Wow. Wow. You, you, one of the things about healing, and, it's, and I might be off base, 
but healing implies that you were once hurt. Yeah. So sharing truth, right? Sharing love sometimes does hurt. <laughs> but how we do it, there's a way that we can do this. It's not easy. And we need to navigate that course to understand that it, it, it's some things you say are going to hurt people. But you need to consider your intention, understand your motive, understand the goal that you're driving them towards, and also understand your place in, in, in their life. Are you willing to actually support them to like within reason through the change that you're asking them to make. So I think those are some tough things we I've got to learn how to craft some messaging around the talk. Great stuff. Pastor Paul. Yeah, I wish I had a great answer right now for you in, in my brilliant wisdom. I've had a lot of people reaching out to me today and just processing real time and asking what I thought. And even I thought one thing that was really provocative for me today was a couple of people asking, this makes me really angry at my family. My family are, are Trump supporters, and it makes me really angry at them. How do I navigate that? Because I encourage people, if you can, I'm not sending you back to the abuser. Nobody gets to abuse you or define you. And so I'm not going to send you to that. But if you can find a way to love your family and, and boundary off these other things, do that. Fight for the relationship so that when scales fall from people's eyes, they can see. And so that's been, I've had a couple of people today, like, how do I do this? Because I'm so angry yeah. at, at my parents right now, because they're still even today saying things. And so some of this is like, guard your heart. But like I was saying, be really honest and process what you're really feeling, because we don't want to be in denial. And and I think my prayer is like, oh, God, let the scales fall from our eyes. Yes. Jesus said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Sadducees were these religious guys who said, man, we know Herod is a creep, but we're going to partner up with him because we think he's our conduit to getting back what we used to have. And he's rebuilding the temple and all of these things. And Jesus said, beware that leaven, man, because it'll take over everything you are and make hypocrites out of you. Wow. And I really believe today's American church has, we bought into that leaven hey, just a little bit. We'll just partner a little bit with this somewhere back in the 60s, 70s, wherever. And now it has taken over everything that we are in the right wing evangelical church. And I'm just praying, oh God, how do scales fall from our eyes? Or is this a generation that's going to have to pass away before God can take wow. us into the next season? They were right at the edge of the promised land. They were right there. And then God said, oh, okay, this generation can't go in. So turn around and I'll take care of you in the desert and, and I'll let the next generation go in. And, yeah. and that is some of where I'm feeling is I just want to reach out to young people and say, Okay, you're going to have to fix this for us because yeah. the boomers and the Xers just can't get there. So there, I, I think there's some grieving in that. There's sadness. There's anger, and still prayer. Like God cannot scales fall from our eyes. I know that God's going to prevail in it all, but in this time, I still think there's some pain for us to go through in the middle of it all. So anyway, I don't. That's not a great answer. That's just me oh, processing out loud. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. How? As we watched today's events and heard about them, I heard about them as we as these events developed and occurred. And you think about the church. How do you think the church failed America? We know so we can we, I know that we can speak. I can speak very clearly about how the right wing evangelical church has failed, has failed this both the church and has failed the nation. What are some other dimensions of the church that you think may have contributed? How have we contributed? The church, how has the church contributed from other wings to what happened today, to where we ended up today? I think I think a concern for me, and, and, and maybe you know younger people, I think would possibly agree with this. I felt like, for me, growing up in church, the church pushed out curiosity. Mm. There was things I wanted to know, but I felt like I couldn't ask them, right? And because that curiosity was uh, quelled for a lot of people, I think there are a lot of people that are a part of denominations, part of ministries, or part of churches 
not even understanding what it's about. And, and we don't have, I don't know if I would say the intellectual fortitude to like think through those things, reason through those things, or, or even have the curiosity to ask those questions. I'm meeting people that are like Southern Baptists. And I'm like, well, that kind of has some racist beginnings, right? There was some, and, and people go, wait a minute, I didn't know, know that. Then they go back and read and they're like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, that's probably why they don't like CRT. So it's, so you have conversations, but but I think that is one of the one of the areas. And I think that when you see ministries or small groups, like even with Pastor Paul, when you see some of these things getting traction with him, I think that he is speaking to that curiosity. He's saying things that people go, that makes sense that Jesus would feel that way, but nobody ever answered that question. No one let me know that I could question the word of God. Nobody ever let me know that I could ask the question of God. Curiosity is wonderful. It helps you learn. It helps you think through. It helps you explore the world. And watch this. It helps you love other people because you get to know them as people. So curiosity is something I think was quelled in the church. And that's one. So I'll stop there. So that's great stuff. Mm. Do you want to go, Pastor Kurt? Yeah, I was just thinking, I think there's a, in our churches, we get really caught up on religion and not relationship. Yes. That we've allowed church to become just something that we do. Yeah. We are. And when you allow that to become something that you do, you can easily separate it and compartmentalize it and put it away. And I think a lot of times we've allowed our religion to be something we can put on a shelf. Yeah. And, and only use it when it makes sense. I'm going to pull Jesus out when it makes sense for me to use him, but the rest of the week I can put it back. And I think in our churches, when we allow religion become ornamental and not fundamental, I think we can get into a space where we haven't developed the relationships with people across the aisle, so to speak, across generations. And so you got folks that are comfortable calling themselves Christian that may not really be following Christ. And you think about the relationships that Christ had in the Bible with the woman at the well. With wait, wait, wait. Say, say that again. Christian did not really follow. Say that again, man. You can hear it in the back row, brother. And so when, when you just see that kind of approach, it, it lets people off the hook too easy. It's easy to just like things and not love things. And you become easy to do that. So I think when you see what happened to people who really thought they were doing, but we've got to where we were talking at people and not talking with people. And I think that's where the church has missed that connection. Even with people we don't agree with, we ought to be really good at talking to that because that's what we're about. We're about converting people. We're about getting a change. If we only affiliate with the people who believe like us, then we're never going to reach that group that's outside. So I feel we've come very comfortable in that space and not really pushing that. Amen. We're great at gathering, bad at connecting. Yeah, that's right. that's right. And we're and we're so caught up in the mechanisms of church and growing churches and church numbers and as, as Kyron said, growing crowds. But we're not really doing humanity with each other, nor with the people we're inviting into our churches. And so it's, we've learned the ornaments, the mechanisms of religion, but we're not doing humanity. And we're not following Christ. I, I think that's so important. Appreciate that. Pastor Paul, you were about to jump in. I love everything that's being said. I keep making notes here. One of the memes I saw over the holidays that I loved is, hey, we're fighting to put Christ back into Christmas. We ought to want to put Christ back into Christian. Right. And I, I thought that was a fantastic, fantastic <laughs> meme. But but I love what both Kyron and, and, and Kurt, Pastor Kyron and Pastor Kurt are saying because we read the Bible and we think, how could those stupid Israelites keep following idols? And we don't realize that we have idols. <laughs> and and the Bible's one of them, or at least our interpretation of the Bible. And so if you read the Bible without the curiosity that Chiron is talking about and yeah. the relationship that Pastor Kurt is talking about, you'll get it wrong. Yes. And I hear people all the time say, I'm following the Bible. And I'm saying, no, you're following your interpretation of the Bible. Yes. Uh, and and Saul of Tarsus, Pastor held my book up graciously. You know, my main character's name Saul because I think Saul is, is such an example for us. He was the best Bible student in the best Bible school in the world's center of Bible study. And what was the outcome of his studies is he got it all wrong. Got he all completely wrong. missed the heart of God. 
And he came to an, a 100% wrong conclusion of who God was. And it took an encounter with a real Jesus to totally turn him around. And I think many of our Christians in America today need an encounter with a real Jesus to, to help us see what, what the character of God really is. So we walk in that character rather than battling to defend the idol of our interpretation of scripture. Wow. Uh, and so where did we take culture wrong? I could point to es our eschatology. I could point to our exclusivity of the gospel, that all of these things give me a right to write human beings off as they're not favored by God anymore. And I think God is saying, above all else, love those people. And I'm not going to curse you for loving them. And so I, I think maybe more than anything that that we've allowed ourselves to be this exclusive crew where I'm in and they're not. And in that, then we start to build this purity around being in the club. And so that's our desire to, to pass a law against abortion then lets us be manipulated politically and good things can take us in bad directions. So anyway, now I'm rambling, but anyway, I, I just think we we built some exclusivity into our gospel, into our eschatology that let us say, God doesn't like those people. When Jesus said, love your enemies, you know, the, the commands are love God, love your neighbor, and your neighbor is that Samaritan that you don't think is worth God's favor. Your neighbor is that Muslim, that gay person, that, that person that you don't think deserves God's favor. How you love that person demonstrates whether you're a Christian or not. And I think we missed that. We totally missed that. And Jesus was so clear about that. He says in Matthew that if you love the people who agree with you, if you love the people who are like you, if you love the people who are in your circle, you're, I mean, that doesn't, you're just like everybody else. You don't really prove that you are different and that you are connected with your father, with the father in heaven until you do what he does. He allows his reign and his son to fall on the just as well as the unjust. And so he says, so be like your, be perfect as is your father in heaven. And so we, we don't, we forget that we haven't really proven, we haven't really demonstrated our true willingness, our true commitment to following Jesus until we practice inclusivity, until we love the people who are different, until we love the people that 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 are that we struggle to love and embrace. And but we as a matter of fact, we've gone the exact opposite of that. We measure our faith by our capacity to reject people. It's like that if I can act like I'm so self-righteous that I can show I don't hang out with those people because I don't want to get a demon and I don't hang out with those filthy people and I don't do this, that we base the maturity of our faith on that. But Jesus is saying the exact opposite. Jesus says that I measure your faith by your willingness to embrace the people that you struggle to embrace. And not only to embrace them, but to embrace them in a way that you give up privilege and you give up power. And I keep coming back to that. I, I don't, Paul and Kyron, Kurt, I don't know that you can really be engaged in following Jesus if you are not developing the habit of giving up privilege and power for the sake of others, especially people who are different from you especially people who are different. I want to uh, highlight a comment here from, she's a good friend of mine and Kyron's and Pastor Yolanda, uh, Dr. Shana Masheko. Could it be that America has greatly shaken the rulers of darkness? Today, Georgia elected a black male preacher and an amazing Jewish man to represent their state. Could we be on the brink of a great spirit of a spiritual awakening and breakthrough in our country? Maybe this is why we have seen the events of today. Maybe this is why evil is so violently trying to destroy the democracy that has been so painful, painfully created in our country. Yes. Yes. So good. Yes. So, so Shauna, thank you for that. That when goodness comes in and begins to drive out evil, there's always a violent reaction. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, I keep wondering if, Maybe we're more convinced God needs America to be great for his plan to succeed in the world than he does. Maybe he's not quite as concerned about America being the greatest financial and military power in the world. Maybe we should be saying, let's make America good again or yeah. make America kind again, because 
we've been given incredible blessing and I don't know that we've always stewarded it well. And so maybe some of what we're seeing is God saying, hey, I, I, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So what's of heaven will remain. So yeah. <laughs> I think we are going through a shake. Like I said, when I heard Ossoff announce the winner in the midst of everything today, I thought, holy crap, everything's being turned over right now. Been turned over. Everything's been shaken. Yes. And that was kind of Paul that I embraced. I mean, I, even with every all of the abuse of prof prophetic words and prophet and words of wisdom and all of that that I still believe in that. And the Lord said to me that this was, that we were going to, this was going to be a year of restoration, even with still a lot of unsettledness, a lot of, a lot of darkness, a lot of challenge that there was going to be restoration. And so what I hear in that is that it's, that we're going to see what we saw. So we see these two senators get elected in the midst of this attempted coup that those things happen side together side by side. And I think that's the kind of year we're going to see. And so my encouragement to St. Mark was that we have to do two things. We have to be courageous and especially we have to be courageous in love. And that goes back, Kyron, what you were saying is we have to love courageously. And so that's that inclusivity, learning to love people who are different and demonstrating that. Paul, I love your statement. Rather than God making America great again, let's with all the resources we've been given, let's make make America good again. Let's make America uh, 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 fair and concerned about justice again. Let's get back to that kind to that place. And that's the America. And I knew I realize now that born in 1966, I was born a year after black people received their full citizenship. So I grew up in a world that was integrated. I grew up in a world where we had the right to vote. And so there was a certain naivete that I grew that I grew up with. That, but the last four years, my belief in America has diminished, and until this point today, and so it makes me wonder if, if my those fifty four years of my life, that I was really really naive and and rather blind to a lot of stuff that was true about America. But either way, I just know that with all the resources we're given, God blesses us and give us gives us privilege so that we can be servants. And I pray that America will get back to at least wanting to be the nation that that represents good and that wants to serve uh, righteousness and serve the, the least and the last. Charles Schuler says, God make might send a plague, COVID-19, to America to wake us up. He has used the plague before and saying, let my people go. I don't know if God sent COVID. I don't believe, I, I don't, but I know God allowed it. And I know that God will use plagues and wars and all kinds of stuff to, to, those things are allowed as a part of our human struggle, not so much because God gets anything out of it, but the, God's trying to get us to work together mm. and God's trying to get us to learn to pull us out of our arrogance and pull us out of our self-righteousness so that we can see each other's humanity. And sometimes it takes a, a global crisis for us to come out of our shells and our silos and begin to see other people's humanity. Kevin Brown, my nephew and if church in some cases has become a place of entertainment and dress up. Yes, instead of a place for growth and accountability to spread the true gospel to all people. Absolutely. Absolutely, Calvin. Thank you so much. I want to, as we get to it's 755, I want to take a moment and see if there are any prayer requests and give Kurt and Kyron and Paul a chance to give a final word to those listeners tonight and then i want to let you all know as they are preparing to do that and as you if you want to have a prayer if you have a prayer request if you'll send that in i want to let you know that the staff and i we did i pulled together some of my staff and we are going to enter into a, a season of prayer tomorrow so of course we want you to hopefully you're praying now and you're praying tonight but i will be i will do a prayer time tomorrow at, mid, at noonday and we will do that starting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Monday through Thursday. Six, we already do 6 a.m., 6 p.m. St. Mark. We're adding 12 noonday for a moment of prayer. And then the last seven days of this month that we will do a seven-day fasting and prayer time. And, and I want to say this as we enter that. The purpose of prayer for me is not to get God to do something. Because God doesn't need our coaching. He doesn't need our guidance. God hasn't forgotten anything. The purpose of prayer is to place our, is to align ourselves with the will of God 
so that we can be God's vessels of, of goodness and peace and love and justice in the earth. So we're going to spend seven days praying and al aligning our hearts with God's heart so that we can truly represent him among our people. Pastor Kerr, you have a final word you want to give us tonight? Uh, yes, uh, Pastor. You asked about prayer. We just found a, a family member back in Mississippi who passed away from COVID just today. And so we're going to the Lord in prayer for that situation. We know there's so many that are dealing with that and we're certainly not alone. Yes. And so we remember all those families and individuals that have been affected by that. As I look at a final word, first, thanks for the opportunity. It's always a, a good to have this type of fellowship. I just continue on to offer a word of encouragement to people that, you know, help is not just on the way. Help is already here. The Bible says God is a very present help in times of trouble. So when things get shaken up like this, expect to see God in some unexpected places because he specializes when things get tough like this. So I just say be encouraged with that. Help is not just on the way. Help is already here. Thank you. Thanks be to God. Thank you for that, Pastor. Kyron? Yeah, I think just in closing out, there's there a lot of good stuff really shared on tonight. I think the just the encouragement that the encouragement I would try to give people is that and it's so basic is that idea. I want to go back to that idea is that don't allow the circumstances of our present experience to erase your curiosity. Amen. Amen. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is that I, I know it is difficult to love people. I know it is difficult to maintain some of the relationships that you have. And I'm definitely not advocating for you to stay in a situation where you're being abused. I'm asking you to approach it with wisdom. But to understand this is that in this time of chaos, as a believer, this is your opportunity to be a peacemaker. This is your opportunity to be the bridge between people. And I will share, be very vulnerable is that I've had some serious letdowns with people that I felt close to in the faith and I really wanted to let go. But when I think about the goodness, and it's so, it's so cliche, but when I think about the goodness of the Lord and, and all the people that held on for me, that encourages me. And it, and it just reminds me that somebody's got to throw a life wrap out to somebody. And I think that we often want to grow these huge ministries or you think God is going to do this really big, overwhelming thing in your life. But maybe all he really wants you to do is to keep holding on to that little lifesaver to throw it out to somebody. So that's my encouragement to people. It's tough. It's not easy. But God did call us to be the peacemakers. And it's going to take someone with your humanity. It's going to take someone with your vulnerability. It's going to take someone with the wealth of grace to love people back into the fold. Again, not to the point of being abused. Be realistic. Be wise. Listen for the voice of the Lord. But keep yourself in a place so that God can use you to his glory. Amen. Thank you, Kai. Great word. Great word. Pastor Paul. Uh, you guys have really inspired me tonight. And I, I guess I think Pastor Yolanda or Pastor Kai already said this. Sorrow is a legitimate human emotion for Christians. And I think it's Hebrews 5 says that when Jesus was on earth, he cried out with loud wails and tears, depending on which, which translation, like he and he was heard because of his piety, it says. But he learned obedience through his suffering and, and thus became Melchizedek. I think it's, I, I probably totally butchered those verses. But the point is, I just believe there were times when they were like, where's Jesus? And he was gone and he had gotten away to go pray. And I think those some of those were just moments where he had to just go let it all out and just say, Father, they tried to throw me off a cliff today. If you hadn't made me invisible, I'd be dead right now. It's not working. <laughs> and, and maybe some of that is my personification and humanization of Jesus, but I believe he was human. And and so it's okay if you're hurting and you, you need to cry, you need to scream, you need to punch a pillow. Don't kick your dog, punch a pillow or something like that. But you know, it's okay to be angry and hurt. And I've heard this from you guys tonight. And I was just thinking today, oh my gosh, if this was, if these were black protesters 
protesting injustice breaking into the Capitol, what would we see right now? How many military soldiers would be there? How many police tanks? And I hear that cry from people in our community. And so it's okay to feel that pain and let those whales be prayers to God. And he will hear those things. And anyway, that's my encouragement tonight. Great word. Great words, brothers. Thank you so much, Pastor Yolanda. Thank you for being on here to assist us and facilitate. I just want to close out with this. I pray for all of us and I pray that for the least and the hurt and the oppressed that we will give up power and privilege. On behalf of those who have no power, we will embrace power so that they can participate in full humanity. I pray that we will humble ourselves before God, but also before each, with each other. I pray for those who are angry and frustrated that you will become prisoners of hope, but that you will also find the courage to speak truth to power. And I pray for all of us that we will all have the courage to love us outside of our boundaries so that people can be included in humanity and that God might be glorified. Pastor Paul, Kyron, Kurt, and all of you who have participated, thank you so much. God bless you.